What's up, boys and girls? What's up, world? Cherry Music Studios finally back with another episode of the Grunge Files podcast, where today we will be kicking off season two of the Grunge Files podcast, where today we will also be discussing the first studio album by Soundgarden, Ultra Mega OK. This will probably be a shorter episode only due to the fact that um, it's a shorter album. Mind you, it is their first album, so usually the first album is, like, the smallest album. Um, that is not the case for Nirvana. Nevermind was one of their longer albums. So, I mean, there's... It it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's, uh, it's pretty chill. But yeah, um, like I said, this is actually their debut album, which, yeah... This album is really good. Um, people don't wa- listen to enough um, Soundgarden. You know, they're all hellbent on hearing uh, uh, Super Unknown. Which, I mean, hey, it's Super Unknown is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to diss Super Unknown in any way, shape, or form. It is a really good, really, really good album. It was done in October 31st, 1988. That's pretty freaking early. They were putting grunge on the map early. Mind you, Nevermind was released in 1991, so I could have started off with Soundgarden if I wanted to. Reason being I didn't is because everybody knows who Nirvana is, you know? So I wanted to uh, start off with a band that everybody knew. Because, I mean, if you don't know who Nirvana is, I'm not going to get into this discussion. Go listen to episode one of season one. Um, it was done by SST Records, which, yes, is a little bit of a change from Columbia Records. Yes, we've been discussing Columbia Records and Alice in Chains for the last few episodes, so to have kicked off a new season and a new record label will be quite interesting. The recording was done in 1988 in Seattle, Washington, which is not surprising. For those of you who remember, a lot of the grunge music was centered in Seattle. It's not like Kurt Cobain or Lane Staley had called it at any shape. Or any point, and you know, um, I'm I, I if I could um, I really wish that I was alive during this time, because I guarantee like um, Sonic Cats in chat, he was uh, he was alive during this time, uh, and you know, gotta think this is very influential towards. Future music, especially, because future music turned turned into this beautiful substance. It's, it blows my mind what ended up happening with future music. Um, it was done in Newburgh, Oregon, also with Drew Canulet as the uh, producer. Which Kurt, uh, Chris Cor- almost said Cor- Kurt Cobain. That is the wrong person. Uh, Chris Cornell had said that they weren't on the same page with the producer. Which I mean, you got to think. Um, if you're not on the same page with your producer, then you got some issues. Because um, you're supposed to have a successful relationship with your producer because it's your producer. Um, he's the guy that's behind all your music. He's the guy that's making sure that your music is all in order and making sure that um, it works out right. So if you don't have a good relationship with them and they're just in it for the money, well, they don't have the same passion that you do, you know? Most people that do those grunge albums and such have a strong passion and a strong love for, um, for, uh, for that. So, if they don't have a strong love and just want the money, then where's the good in having the album, you know? 
Um, the band had said they should have never left home because it was a it was a negative connotation towards the album, which makes sense. I mean, if if you're not at home, uh, and you're not doing work at the house and uh, places such as that, then where's the good? You know, like you, there needs to be some sort of good in your albums and such, because it's all it's all about who you know. Uh, that's what my friend McNux used to say. It's all about who you know. If you know the right people, you gotta make. That's why I'm so happy that I met um, Prime and all them because they're they're beautiful. They're they're they're. It's uh. It's different, you know. Finding people that like uh, want to listen, you know, and want to have the same passions as you. It's 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 quite different. Having people that have the same passions as you and the same interests. It, it's still even hard for me to grasp, you know? Um, now, I know people obviously look for people with the same interests and stuff like that. But when it comes to music, like, music is a very specific interest, you know? And when there is someone who has the same interests as you, it's very... It has to be pretty much perfect. That's why I'm very particular in who I have on this podcast... And which is why I'm willing to have Prime and um, all them on the podcast. Because I know that uh, they're just as... Um, they're just as motivated as I am. Because they they want to... Um, they want to... They, they You know, they want it. Like, this is... Christ. This is Prime's uh, career. This is what Prime does for a living. And, you know, to know that he's doing it for a living, and same with, uh, um, Trey and Stereotitans, they're doing it for a living. They love what they do. I love what I do. I'm, I'm not gonna dox myself, but I'm a certain age, and I love what I do. Like, I, this is my dream, this is what I want to do in life, and I'm achieving that. This is why I love doing this so much. Um, it should have been perfect according to Chris Cornell, which is really... Uh, for a debut album, that's saying a lot for it to be perfect. It's no shade on Chris Cornell. It's freaking Chris Cornell. There's gonna be shade, but... Not, not shade that I prefer. There's pluses and minuses, I'm just gonna say. Um, Kim Thajil, which is their, uh, indeed their guitarist, um, he had at one point said that the song, uh, Flower was the first time he blew across his guitar strings, which is quite interesting, because, like, I mean, it's very unique for someone to blow across your guitar strings, um, as a, uh, that's more for like slow stuff and stuff like that. So for uh, his guitar strings to be blown across uh, in that sense, for a slower kind of thing, it's a plot twist. I, I gotta say. Um, to if for instance, if y'all want to hear that, by the way, um, listen very closely in the intro. Because it's not gonna come out. It's yeah. There's it's not coming out in the 
um, parts that have all the stuff like that. Because, I mean, you gotta think. <laughs> they don't make the, they don't make music easy, you know? They, they make it very, um, difficult on purpose. And that's good at the same time, you know? Um, if they make it difficult, that means they want you to listen. They want you to stick around. And they want to hear all of it, you know? Um, the Circle of Power song was written without Cornell's input, which is a plot twist because if you remember correctly, in, uh... Alice in Chains, a lot of the people were just, it wasn't really, um, Lane Staley. Like, it wasn't purely Lane Staley that was doing all the work. It, a lot of it was actually, indeed, Jerry Cantrell uh, doing the work. So, yeah, it's a little bit different to um, have a front man that's doing a lot of the work because, mind you, it wasn't. Gosh, it was like maybe ten, five, ten days ago that we had actually heard about Kurt Cobain doing work and stuff like that. And then after you hit Alice in Chains, it's like all that just drifts away. Um, Smokestack Lightning is a Howlin' Wolf cover, which is kind of funny. Uh, and it was re it was removed from the 2017 issue. I don't remember why. I think copyright issues, if I'm not mistaken. Um... And not just, I mean, in that case, I, I don't see how copyright issues would be um, an issue when you think that um, it's a certified parody. But no harm, no foul. Um, Flower is about a girl invested in vanity and burns out. Mind you, vanity is a big part of modern society, and it's not fun. <laughs> Like, I get the whole thing with vanity and stuff like that. People are hell-bent on looking pretty. Which... I, I... I know personally, I could care less what I put in my hair in the morning. Like, it, it doesn't matter to me. So, yeah. I... There's a couple of reasons I feel the way I do strongly about this album, but... I don't really want to get into it. Um... 665 and 667 are satanic rock uh, covers. Now, if you remember correctly, 666 is the number of... Uh, is the, indeed the number of Satan. It's a joke. It's funny. I gotta say, it is pretty freaking funny. Um, One Minute of Silence is a cover of Two Minutes of Silence, uh, but without Yoko uh, Ono's part. Uh, two, for those who don't know, Two Minutes of Silence is a John Lennon song. A uh, fairly good John Lennon song at that. I mean, hell, any John Lennon song is good. If it's if it's written by John Lennon, it's good. That's that number one rule of John Lennon. If it's written by him, it's good music. It was just a little bit of a plot twist for Chris Cornell to be doing a John Lennon song, considering that Chris Cornell was a leader, the lead singer of a grunge band, while John Lennon is... Uh, traditional music. Nothing against that. I'm pretty fond of the fact that he did some more sensitive music like that. You gotta think it's some more sensitive music that has more meaning, which is why songs like Something in the Way and other stuff have more meaning. Because they're, uh, more sensitive. But yeah, um, 
there's not much more to this album. As I said, this will probably this is this is a very short episode, only by virtue of the fact that my sources didn't have much information to this album, only because this is a fairly early album. There were even earlier albums that I could have done research on, but there was no information. This is pretty much where we start. Ultra Mega Okay on the Louder Than Love. This has been Shared Music Studios. I appreciate all of y'all. Most importantly, live your best life. <laughs>